Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. guys are correct that is indeed the voice of jeff bridges ah i fucking love this it's from the soundtrack to tron a legacy a really cool track it's like a daft punk uh daft punk soundtrack that's really good Mm -hmm. anyway that track is pretty badass (laughs) <laughs> back when back when Daft Punk was still together. Uh, yeah, I guess they aren't they aren't together no, anymore. Oh, they broke up. Yeah, they broke up. Ah. Did you see that tweet? Speaking of they broke up. Did you see that like meme going around of like celebrities that nobody heard of cuz there okay so there was some kind of like, you know, one of those Twitter accounts that does like uh, celebrity gossip. And it was like such and such and so and so broke up and it's like two celebrities you've never heard of. And so it turned into this whole thread of people doing like uh, mid-journey AI-generated like selfies of two celebrities and saying like, oh, they broke up here. So it's like here. It says here. So the original tweet is like, Teeny and Rodrigo DePaul have broken up, (laughs) right? And it's like a selfie of like a swarthy-looking dude and some girl or whatever kind of looks like Haley Bieber yeah or whatever and they're kind of like kissing or whatever and it says they broke up or whatever and yeah some like there was a huge like a uh, viral quote tweet or repost of that that said something like now you're just fucking inventing celebrities aren't you and people <laughs> just started like replying with like fake so one of my uh, favorite I love Justin Wang he's a, like a YouTuber but he and he's like a metal guitar player or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah he like did a mid-journey just like a fake ai generated like picture of two random gen a- c celebrity looking people. yeah and it says onsen suime and ray <laughs> mcsriff have broken up could totally be real those could just be instagram influencers <laughs> now, and then there's like people like quote tweeted him to sham jibseb and merk bachwin <laughs> <laughs> broken up. Sham chips. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Because it's true. It really is these like young micro celebrities that mm-hmm. you've never heard of. And it's like they broke up. Who, what? They're famous on Instagram. You don't know them. Ah. They're on TikTok. Very Shut funny. Up. It's one thing the original Tron movie did what did not predict. I think the reason I picked that 
music was because of the whole LK90. Everybody's everybody's obsessed with aliens being real. I'm over here in slightly less imp- uh, improbable land, hoping that LK99 is real. Yes, Tron 3 is indeed coming, uh, Super 7. Uh, amazingly, because I think Tron Legacy is an underrated gem. Also, one of the best movies that I saw in 3D, because it came out during the 3D yeah, craze. Everybody, it, yeah. 2011, maybe? Is that when it came out? 2012? Was it that long ago? Already? Yeah, 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 definitely. I just, because I just remember where and like where I was living and who I watched it with, which is how I'm like placing it in a moment in time. It could have been a slightly later than that. It could have been like 2012, 2013. I'm just not looking it up because lazy. <laughs> The keyboard's right there. Uh, but yeah, I think there's like people casting it already and stuff. Um, well, now who knows? Who knows when anything is coming out ever? Yeah, that's a good point. We may never get another new movie again. That's a good point. But yeah, anyway. I'm, the, uh, new, the new Tron movie is going to be made by AI. Oh, God. I mean, that would at least be thematic. <laughs> that would be somewhat thematic. Tron 3, written yeah. by AI. Um. Yeah, anyway, as I was saying, like, uh, everybody who who thinks aliens are real, I'm over here in uh, room temperature, superconductors might be real land. I, I like I like how Reddit started calling these things floaty rocks. Yeah, floaty rocks. Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, it's like a, it's like a weirdly it's like a weird cross between alien Twitter and crypto Twitter. That's where you find superconducting Twitter. <laughs> Well, explain to the people what happened. So, I mean, wow. Okay, so uh, superconductors, for those of you who need a primer in physics, <laughs> I don't know. How does electricity yes. work? Take it from me, someone who understands this only fractionally more than you do. <laughs> Fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> uh, are materials that conduct uh, electricity with zero resistance. Uh, now this, yeah, like meaning like electricity passes through it with like no loss of energy. You need very little energy to overcome. Like, I'll give an example. Like if you, if you have a very long electrical cable, you need a lot of power. Forget, we, we don't need to get into like stuff like current and voltages or whatever. You need a lot of power to like shove it up. Like imagine like needing a real, a big pump to push water, a substantial length of pipe uphill, right? Like the longer the pipe, the steeper, the, 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 the incline, like the more power you need to push that water up there. Right. Think of electricity along those same lines. Now imagine a material that doesn't introduce drag or friction against your electricity, which is essentially what electrical resistance is along long distances. And so it lets you do stuff more efficiently with less power. It lets you make motors with less windings. Like you need to like wrap the wires around the electrical motor fewer times so you can make them lighter and they require less energy. Anyway, big long story short, uh, everything electronic will be made differently if we discover this just to give you an idea of how revolutionary it would be for like everything right um now we this already exists right uh, like mri machines work with superconductors right. the only problem is you gotta use something that's like near absolute zero you gotta use like liquid ni- liquid nitrogen or stuff like that uh, or alternatively or additionally like a lot, a very high pressure 
there's like conditions that that are uh, expensive and difficult to achieve under which materials like become superconducting. So right. like and if the, you don't do that now, like you basically you're going to burn up. Right. And from so, just from the heat, from the energy loss yeah. and, and friction and and so the stuff. and so yeah, and so like the 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 holy grail of of that is uh, a superconducting material that works in room temperature or in ambient pressure, what they call basically like right. put like, a piece of metal yeah, on the be, table. Right, can just be like in the living room yeah. or not like the freezing cold server room. Right, you can have it do the the little levitating trick that you can do with like a super cold superconductor where you pour the liquid nitrogen over and then put it and then just kind of floats in the air. Floaty what rocks. they call the Meisner effect. Again, fractionally more than you guys <laughs> i'm not but uh um and so yeah some lab in korea uh pre-print paper not peer-reviewed they claim to have done it um the thing is like because you think like what how hard is it to find a material <laughs> like what, what like it's hard but like but, but yes it is i mean so you should if you want a very interesting like video that uh that kind of speaks to to you on a level of not of a material scientist there's a youtuber called nile red who does chemist interesting chemistry stuff like in his own garage um and he made a superconductor that like actually succeeded using like lab tools and mm -hmm. stuff. And it's very interesting. And the interesting part of that in his other videos too, is to some chemicals require like multiple processes. And you're like, how the fuck did they figure out that you need to like boil this with ammonia and then distill it and then take the distillation and cool it down and then mix it with this kind of acid and then distill it in this way again, and then bubble it through this and filter it through that. And you're like, how did they even figure this out? And the same thing exists here. It's like, take a lattice of lead crystals and then bake it at this very specific temperature with this other powder for 24 hours. I don't fucking know how they even come up with these recipes, which is literally what they're right. called. Uh, but apparently this also is like a relatively easy to replicate recipe that's in quotation marks. Cause again, you got to use very pure materials and you got to bake it for many, many hours in a very controlled environment and in a vacuum, all kinds of crap like that. But people are working on it and there's some, the problem is again, the internet being the internet, there's lots of rumor mill. You don't know what exactly is true and isn't. There's a lot of claims. I mean, the New York times finally wrote about it now. And I think Korea, which is where the initial claim was made, now has like an official committee uh, um, that is, uh, you know, like. Because people want to shut up on the Internet. Well, I mean, look, again, <laughs> I, I mean, this yes. is an important, yeah. this is an important. And unlike I said, unlike aliens, this doesn't require me to, to like disbelieve <laughs> many things I know about physics. There is nothing in physics that contradicts the possibility of having a, mm -hmm. an ambient pressure, room temperature superconductor. Like I said, it's a thing we can do under certain conditions. And the idea is, can we find a material that does this under other less extreme conditions? Um, it would just be harder to achieve, you know, because there's like there's like acids that are 
there, there's all kinds of materials that are like reactive in room temperature that are very hard to achieve because they're reactive at room temperature. Mm. And so you got to like make them in a lab in a, like an argon atmosphere. Cause the second you put them outside, they burn up. Maybe we should ask the aliens. Yeah, that is true. Someone did mention the, the interesting coincidence between all of these alien hearings mm. and this news mm. because yeah, Presumably, an alien technology that allows interstellar travel would probably be at least somewhat superconductor based. Um, it's aliens. <laughs> the aliens gave <laughs> us the aliens. recipe for LK99. <laughs> uh, look, the story isn't going away, which is interesting because I follow stuff like this when, when, when potential breakthroughs in material sciences, something like this happened like two years ago where there really was a big like uh, hoopla about it. And then the paper was in nature. I think it was retracted. There were wow. problems with it. It's one of those well, things I mean, like cold fusion that happened like in the eighties, I think where people kept uh, thinking that they could achieve cold fusion, which is again, Another thing Another that we kind of holy grail sort of thing, right? A thing that we can do f nuclear fusion, mm -hmm. but the idea is that you could achieve it at a, a cold, quote unquote cold, meaning like room temperature, right. not blazingly hot. will fucking burn you to death. Right. The idea in both cases, by the way, both are, are, are comparable uh, situations because the idea is like, these are uh, uh, processes that are very uh, either en that are very energy efficient. Fusion is an energy efficient, like an uh, energy creator and superconducting is a very efficient energy transmitter that we can do in really extreme conditions. And the idea is trying to find a more, stable inert way to do them you, uh you know what we're gonna get man yeah i mean get, we're gonna get bullet trains that's so that's another on, so yeah so that's another very important like okay. application is the idea of like maglev magnetic yeah, some, levitation yeah i i heard japan's doing something like that now they've got like it's they have like superconductor train that they're getting ready to launch. I forget it's between Tokyo and somewhere, but it's supposed to reach speeds of like 311 miles per hour. So we like can nuts. already, so we can do magnetic levitation yeah. now without superconductors. It's just way more energy intensive and difficult to do. That's the idea. The, the thing is because superconductors also are very strong magnet repellents or they themselves die right. magnets, whatever. It doesn't matter. Magnets. You could do it. You don't know how magnets work. <laughs> Nobody a, knows how magnets work. Yes. There's a lot of like frictionless type technology that you can do. It's also going to be good for quantum technology. That's the, the, the worst thing ever would be like AI that's powered by a quantum, uh, a, a super <laughs> LK99 superconductor right. quantum ambient, computer. Yeah, ambient temp superconductor. Yeah. Where that's, we're all, we're going to be mega, mega screwed once that happens. Um, but, uh, we'll see. I mean, as someone, me, like I've been saying for a long time that I think the next big, like revolution in technology will be a revolution in materials technology. I didn't see the whole AI thing coming. I thought I might've gotten totally upstage, but I, I thought like materials technology would be the next thing to like, to be the next phone, you know, right. the thing that would be the next phone I thought was going to be like meta materials. Uh, you know, like fabrics, smart fabrics and all kinds of stuff like that, which still could happen. But this, and by the way, this could, could definitely like help do that with like superconducting threads in your shirt that can do all kinds of shit. 
there's there's a lot of weird, interesting, futuristic applications for that kind of stuff. Well, people like AI because it's sexy and fun and you can do like funny things with it now. But like superconductor tech like that would have a lot more practical, like even on the consumer level applications mm -hmm. as far as making electronics smaller and lighter and cheaper than right, your electrical bill. Yeah. Yeah. Electrical grids will become right. cheaper to maintain heat climate. I mean, it would it could solve be. climate change kind of i mean i so hate to like over i don't want to overstate <laughs> shit but no but, but i mean yeah think of I it mean, but but because yeah. i'll tell you what because the stuff like the like heat pollution from electrical grids right. it's it's a lot yeah. is you and it's something we consider automatic it's like you know how like breakage like if you consider your overheads if you're like a shipping company there's a certain percentage you're like, that stuff breaks, yeah, right? It's, just, it's gonna break. 3% of stuff breaks. It moves, there's an accident, doesn't matter. You write that shit off, right? So when we do all of our calculations about like reducing uh, uh, carbon footprints or energy like expenditure or whatever, that's stuff you don't even think we can improve unless we like reduce our energy grid, which is not practical. right? But if all of a sudden comes along a technology that allows you to make your en the energy grid itself more efficient, forget having to change energy sources, just the fact that the energy moving along your grid does less pollution is like a huge improvement and an easy thing to dump money into. I think there could be a really good consensus about like, st because it would improve the America's it's like a good big infrastructure project, right? Lots of jobs. It's good for climate change. It's good for efficiency. It'll bring the costs down for the American consumer. It's like easy, easy bipartisan type thing that either side could easy, easily run with. But I mean, that's not going to bring about the glorious communist revolution, though. Yeah, I, I know. We, no, it, we have to remake society. Well, technologies like that really do. It's interesting that you say that because technologies like that really do like separate out the people who really do care from the people who just use it as a like a, a guise to dismantle capitalism. Right. Which is always like the thing about people who claim to care about climate change who are anti-nuclear. It's like, okay, so do you really care about climate change or do you just want to like dismantle capitalism and you really don't give a shit about climate change? And so, yeah, nuclear, obviously very important. That's also why nuclear fusion, which is, yeah, in general, uh, energy production via nuclear fusion, fusion reaction uh, is another holy grail tech, which again, we kind of are able to do a little now it's been it's we, we've been said to be on the cusp of it for a long time right um and the idea is that what you're doing is instead of cuz cuz what we do right now is nuclear fission we split we essentially mm -hmm. like split off we break off material uh and and the and and you know and the energy from that the problem is that's a much more violent reaction than mm -hmm. fusion in which you meld two uh, uh uh what do you call it elements together to create a heavier element and so it's something that has like less radiation it's less dangerous even though now fission isn't dangerous because technology has improved a lot uh but between that and the potential of like superconducting electrical grids yeah man uh 
we could be looking at a much cleaner planet. We we could fix things. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope so. Like I said, I I I it, it, the news cycle for this has been a long, relatively long, without there being anyone to come out and be like, "Nope." Like no. I replicated this perfectly, and here is what's happened. There's a lot of labs out there that are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of skepticism, obviously I would not have, you know, cause every article is like the experts are still skeptical. I hope they are. This is once we, we said again, this is a huge thing. You don't just believe a huge thing. Cause there's a few videos online. A couple people say, cause like there's been a, I believe there's been, once again, take this with a grain of salt cause internet, I believe there's been a replication success but at a like they took that material they made it mm. but they they it either wasn't perfectly correct or wasn't in it, but they were able to observe superconducting properties in it at a very low temperature so they did cool it down to like superconducting yeah era kind of uh, area kind of temperatures and it works there so it is a thing it's not like a hoax that somebody like said oh look and just made a fuck of fake which which does happen by mm. the way in these realms of like, you know, o- almost pseudoscience, right? Right. Um, but so it's not nothing, apparently. It's something is there. The only question is, is it something that delivers on that promise that like revolution, revolutionary, tr- the discovery of the transistor level of, uh, you know, like announcement or whatever. Right. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on from my total nerding out about <laughs> something that will probably turn out to be totally wrong it was actually, in a it few was, days. It was actually just like four Cheerios. <laughs> um, Some Pop Rocks. We can talk about uh, Trump. I, 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 we're, I, I think we there's a good chance we'll talk about this more on Ambitious Crossover. Because yeah. – Yeah, that other pod we do. Big news, right? But uh, Trump arraigned again today, third time. My arraignment. Uh, <laughs> um, My third arraignment. This time on the January 6th. Well, yes and no. Because I, I think there is a lot of sort of purposeful misreporting on this. It's not technically about January 6th. So the new indictment is centered around the idea that Trump knowingly concocted a conspiracy to defraud voters out of their votes by trying to get Mike Pence to do something that he did not have the constitutional ability to do in order to kick it back to states so that they could install slates of fake electors to change the votes to be more amenable to one Donald Trump. So it's, it, it is a about the events that took place on January 6th, just not the riot, about the, the things that took place leading up to that and the whole idea. And, and what it seems to hinge on is whether Trump believed that the election was genuinely stolen from him, which, depending on who you ask, does or does not make a difference. I mean, saying that you deeply believe deep down in your heart of hearts that the election was stolen from you. Fine. You can say that. And even in the indictment, it it specifically says like, this is not 
about what Donald Trump said. He is perfectly free to say that the election was stolen from him. It was rigged. He's free to believe whatever he wants to believe. The point is what he did with those beliefs, which was illegal acts. So a, a lot of commentary around this is trying to skew this around the idea that this is somehow an infringement on his 1A rights. And it's like, no, it, the indictment specifically says like he can say and believe whatever he wants to believe. But when you start like using your mouth to make sounds, to create a conspiracy, to defraud voters, that's not, this is not speech at that point. This is conspiracy to commit a crime. And if you, if you want to say that that's just, that's just speech, man, then literally nobody can be charged with any crime ever unless they actually pull it off. Cause I was just like, I was just talking about criming, man. I didn't do it. I was just talking about it. Like there would be no attempted anything ever. Well, which unlike, makes no sense. Unlike the 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 documents case, there isn't a whole lot of like we're doing criming here. There's a lot of like things that you're technically allowed to do. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh here's my take that nobody's gonna like. <laughs> um I think that this case is a case that uh, Jack Smith couldn't have not prosecuted, meaning like there is no way that he could have avoided prosecuting this. It's, But I don't know that it's a case that will be easy for him to make. And here's, what, here's where I think the, the big issue is. Like you said, it's unless somebody's on tape saying – I know I lost, but let's go do all of these things anyway, even though I know that I lost. It is hard to convince a jury that that was what was in your heart. However, the argument they're probably going to make and is a potentially makeable argument is that if everybody around you, your advisors and your lawyers and you know, even the people in your inner circle were telling you that you lost and that you were on record calling certain plans proposed by your unindicted co-conspirators to be crazy, quote unquote, then for you to then argue that throughout all of that, you still totally definitely believed that you won is maybe a case that a jury can be like, now nah, you're lying, right? It's just going to be hard. It's going to be harder to pursue than the documents case, which is very, a very gimme for, for, for the DOJ, right? Cause he really was like, Hey, let's do all of the crimes and stuff. And obviously he didn't do that here. Right. Um, so hold on. So North Squatch says organizing imposter electors isn't an admission that you know you lost. So I'm my best source of information for this is the Advisory Opinions podcast, which has David French and Sarah Isger on it, who are both uh, like experienced lawyers. Sarah's husband argues before the Supreme Court. Oh, actually, whatever. And they're very fair about this. And what they said is that that is not actually so, so, so they posited a scenario like this, a scenario in which they say, cause, cause let's say the election was stolen. Okay. Let's just say hypothetically for a second, or that there is a suspicion that the election was stolen. 
And so the lawyers say, we need to prepare a slate of new electors. And then if our, if we turn out to be correct, then we have a slate of electors ready to go. Like if we pursue this as a court and supposedly at some point, this is what Trump was told, like, or I, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, the G the, the RNC chairwoman was told this by one of the people. I think they assume it's John Eastman cause you know, they're unnamed. So John Eastman says to her in the indictment, it says he and Trump lied to her, right? It's unclear if Trump actually was in on the line because Eastman did the talking, right? But Eastman said to her, look, we're trying to pursue, there's some kind of irregularity and we're trying to like dispute it. And so if it turns out that we're right, we want to have a slate of electors ready to go. So you should go pick out a slate of electors. So she was under the impression that this wasn't like just something that they were going to use. It was something that they wanted to have prepared in case their case was proven to have merit, right? But that's what I mean to respond to North Squatch's question by the the idea behind like this is what they're probably going to argue in court about organizing imposter electors they're going to say we didn't do that right or whatever or trump said would, would say like i didn't do that my lawyer said look we need to prepare this in case the case or whatever. that's going to be their defense most likely right because remember there's a lot of there's a big difference between like what you think and what you can actually like get a jury to vote on right here's the thing mm -hmm. if it was just doing that in a vacuum like okay yeah that's still shady mm -hmm. but that was clearly not the plan because trump repeatedly tried to pressure mike pence into not certifying the election which means obviously you you had a different plan for these alternate electors other than just hey let's just have them on deck in case one of these cases pans out like that wasn't that was clearly not the intent of what was going on here and so like uh, uh, one of the defenses i've seen is like well how are you going to prove what somebody like really thought or felt like well you can prove that by looking at what they said and did yeah yeah no so <laughs> you're you're that's what i'm saying i'm saying what what jack smith will almost certainly argue is Look at all, like everyone around him said that, you know, said you lost. There's no way that he still really thought that he won. Like by, by what argument could you say? And so of course he can argue that. The question is, once again, can you say to a jury, can you make a, a compelling enough argument to a jury that he's lying when he said that he believed that because of, like you said, the, all of the context which is also like why I agree with the people who said that this case should have been brought up. Like for example, national review, their editorial board said this case wasn't strong and shouldn't have been brought. But then Noah Rothman, who mm -hmm. they recently hired did a counter piece in national review saying, no, you're wrong. It should be because if this isn't a crime, what is a crime? And again, I do, like I said, I think this is a way weaker uh, it, it's going to be harder to, 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 to convict him of this than it was in the documents. Plus this is going to be like in appeals for decades and stuff. This is, this is going to be the case. That's probably going to, uh, if he doesn't pardon himself as, as president from everything, the case that's going to stay in court the longest, because there's all kinds of first amendment impl implications and all of the idea of like, what does the 18 us 
whatever the, the statue is, which is like you need to corruptly influence. There's all kinds of like really famous like legal weeds that you would need to like uh, you would need to uh, wade through. Um, but you kind of can't not pursue it is what I, I keep saying. A case like this, you can't not prosecute because like you have to try. Right. Especially when we have so much like extemporaneous evidence, because again, nobody involved in this can ever just like shut the hell up in public and be smooth about anything. We have so much evidence of Trump talking to McCarthy, saying like he knew he lost and that this is embarrassing. We have him pressuring Mike Pence, who told him numerous of times, like, no, I, I don't have the constitutional authority to do that. And it, there's one section in the indictment that I think really goes to where Trump's mindset was and what he did and did not believe is that the the infamous Christmas Day call, which Mike Pence, who I'm sure probably had to have a gun held to his head to do this, but he called Donald Trump on Christmas Day to wish him a Merry Christmas mm-hmm. as a as a good Christian man who was probably told by his wife and to go do like, that. Yeah, yeah, Christmas. Uh, okay, what about Christmas. my what about listen, my presidency? Listen, listen. I I understand. Okay, Christmas. That's that's great, Mike. That's great. <laughs> listen, listen. We have we have the vote certification coming up, and I need you. I need you to go and just not certify the vote. But, Mr. President, I wanted to tell you Merry Christmas. Do you see that video <laughs> of how he, Mike Pence always speaks with the exact same cadence? Because he does. <laughs> it's very funny. But, I mean, during this conversation, Mike Pence once again telling him, like, no, I don't think I have the, the constitutional ability to do that. Trump's response was, you're too honest. To me, that tells me that you know you are asking somebody to do something that they do not have the power to do, and you're asking them to lie and say that they do, which means you know that what you're promoting is a lie. You you know this. Like you you, you don't ask somebody to like go lie for you. Like that's not the way you would respond to that if you genuinely, honestly, deep down in your heart of hearts, believe that like you were screwed over. I'm you, telling you, I still I'm going to say this forever. I there's there are few people in American politics that I feel more sympathy towards than Mike Pence. Dude, forget politics for a second. Forget like his actual politics, right? Dude was like a fucking trooper, right? He's a, a straight-laced, fuddy-duddy, old-fashioned uh, so Midwestern one of, conservative. One of one of the last of like the old guard conservatives believes in the Thirteenth Amendment or the Thirteenth. And yeah, yeah, know, yeah, and plays again and, and plays the political the, the, game perfectly. Yeah, ve- like does the politeness thing and the whatever, the 13th, all that shit, right? Right. Is the Thirteenth Commandment? Oh, thir- oh. <laughs> which is "Thou shalt not speak ill of the party." <laughs> oh, sure, but forget that. I mean, which, just again, very good. If, if you remember he, his, well, no, uh, because I mean, even now he said, like, even everything that he said in public, and he has been very vocal about how this does needs to be prosecuted. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna believe the guy that was literally there the day this all happened. Yeah, like he was literally there. So, well, I'm, I'm getting to that. So again, this guy. Obviously wants to be president. He becomes governor or whatever. And he's the guy that the party, the party says, look, 
we need you to take one for the team. We need you to be uh, uh, Donald Trump's running mate. This guy who is a, <laughs> uh, uh, a casino magnate who is married to a, a previous nude model and is famously involved in sex scandals right. and runs a uh, beauty pageant and is whatever, philander, mm-hmm. all that shit. Right, someone who is the complete opposite to you in every kind of moral way or whatever. We need you to be to be the guy who balances him balances him out for like conservative values. And I'm sure he he and his wife sat down and had a long ass pray about that <laughs> shit. Right, they had a long chat with God as 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 people of their religious proclivities are wont to do. And he decided, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm a good party member. I'm a team player. This is, you know, and and I could be vice president. That's, you know, I want to be president I mean, eventually. That's, that's usually that's, right. that's a good path to right. the presidency. Usually. And what he gets in return is <laughs> this. He he gets the 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 residual stink of like the 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 bile that Trump got about everything. And then he gets like Trump's fans calling to hang literally him. hang him. And now having like obviously like done the thing that his like moral code obviously told him to do, which is like not right. certify. Obviously he couldn't do it anyway, but whatever. He didn't even try. Right. And now was very honest about all of that shit. It is now hated by Republicans and not loved at all by Democrats. The guy is fucking jo- – he's jobing it up up he's just, here. He's just out there on an island all by himself. Just yes. Mike Pence. Just Mike Pence. Why has thou forsaken me, God? <laughs> God? I did everything you asked. Yeah. I mean – I was a loyal servant to you, my lord. Why have you cursed me so? So like I said, I don't know. I'm I'm telling you. I think that so deep down in his heart, Mike Pence thinks like, what did, what did I do to deserve Right. So what did mean, I ever do? Does this mean that Mike Pence is going to be president after all? I probably not. <laughs> probably not. He's going to become a super villain. This is no. Mike Pence's village he's, villain no, origin he's, story. He's, he's, he's going to follow the Job arc, and he's eventually just going to be like God Emperor of America. Oh, I like that. Sure. <laughs> after the the rapture or something, that he's going to come back. We're going to see just Mike Pence just like crawling down the street covered in boils, just saying, God, why did I do? And you've got to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, listen, listen, you you get to be president now for like 12 years. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm done fucking with you now. So, uh, so yeah, again, another indictment for Trump. His lead in the, in the, the primary does not appear to be shifting (laughs) at all. I I. The DeSantis campaign. I I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. It's just wow. I mean, people compare this to Scott Walker. I'm like, this is way past the Scott Walker implosion. No, it's a very no. It's a it's a different scenario too. It's, it's, yeah, this is this is much much larger and messier. For whatever reason, this is going to seem like a weird comparison, but the DeSantis um, primary uh, strategy reminds me a little of Obama's foreign policy strategy. <laughs> what did he just listen to everybody online too? Well, no. Oh, so Obama's foreign policy strategy was our friends. They're already our friends. We don't got to be nice to them. Yeah. We need to be nice to the people who don't like us. 
we need to try to get them on our side. And if we insult the people who like us a little on the way, it's fine because they like us. Which which explains why you do things like deal with Iran. That that would yeah. I mean that was literally that, <laughs> which which you know is going to piss off Israel and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's what happened. What happened was, and then and, and now they're saying. Speaking of which, they're saying that Israel and Saudi Arabia might sign a formal peace agreement. You don't understand. <laughs> I I. I need you guys to understand because when, when the Abraham Accords happened and Israel normalized relations, relations with like Bahrain and the UAE, smarmy ass fucking Americans were like, those countries weren't even at war. Blah, it's not even important. It's like, just Trump and BB trying to uh, get some kind of empty victory. Meanwhile, people in Israel were looking at each other like, okay, what the fuck are you? This is, we could go to Dubai. I, I don't think you understand the like, the mental sort of, uh the 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 mental uh uh barrier of that of a peace agreement with saudi arabia right. uh, i can't even like i'm trying to think about it that would blow my mind more than the fucking superconductor <laughs> <laughs> um, um so yeah but anyway in that same sense the desantis campaign feels like it's only got to suck up to the people who think like they got to be more Trumpy and like not care about anybody else, right? They got a court that really hardcore, very extremely online uh, uh, lane of people and alienate in the process, like much more gettable uh, support. Right. And it's just, it doesn't, it, it it makes no sense to me. Like he had the perfect lane. Like the it was there. He was a governor. He had fairly decent policy record. Like it was all right there. And I guess I, I guess we really should have seen this coming when he decided to do his announcement on spaces and the whole thing just crashed and it went to shit. And we should have known that. We should have known then that this campaign is going to be way too extremely online. We spoke about this on the ambitious crossover that came out yeah. this week. Uh, the idea that uh, this, the misunderstanding of the importance of like to Twitter, but social media in particular and like vira virality and stuff. Uh, the overestimation of the political acumen of people whose only skill is that they're good at Twitter. And I'm telling you, as someone who's good at Twitter, it's not my only skill, but <laughs> he's um, got like two other ones, <laughs> but I will tell and you, this is yeah, one of the other ones. I will tell you this. I do have the, the fucking brains to have told people who hired me because of my ability to do Twitter. Good. <laughs> I tweak. Yeah. Ahead. To say to them, I do Twitter good, but here are things I don't do good. And I'm not, I, and, and those are things I'm going to come to you for like input on. And I'm not just going to assume that because I know Twitter good, I can do all of these other things good too, which is probably why I've never gotten fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you've never used like Nazi imagery in a yeah. video. Well, sure. But, but I'm also saying like, and it's like, so I, I, I understand. And by the way, I've been, I've also been hired, uh, for jobs for, by people who understand why, like, so, like the thing Jen is alluding to, the Nate Hawk Hawkman yeah. story. Uh, again, I've had employers who are very, 
very uh, concerned about the scrutiny that their social media might receive and therefore don't let just anybody have the keys to their social media. And yeah, I, in those situations, always knew when I should go to the, you know, to like people in editorial or in whatever other decision-making loop and be like, hey, will this thing be okay, you think? Do you want to maybe change this or not post it at all? I don't know. I don't want to make that call. Well, funny but finish your story no no i'm, I'm just saying like that's no because I, yeah that because the, the 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 hawkman story kind of continued on after we discussed it because i think it was monday semaphore dropped a story about how oh, it yeah. wasn't yes. simply just like hawkman going rogue but that these videos were edited and approved of by top campaign brass, including allegedly Christine Pushaw, who is head of communications. So, so yeah. So a very common thing that, uh, internet, uh, meme creation, the, the meme creation economy does is brainstorming, rooms chat rooms slack whatsapp groups war rooms dm groups it, but so it's not right. even a war room group it's like a well, brainstorming well no, they, well no they're all war rooms now because <laughs> it's a war room yeah and again i've worked in like digital marketing departments it's a thing you you throw around merch ideas you throw around uh, you know ideas for uh snappy titles for podcasts or events mm -hmm. or sales or all kinds of stuff it's, right. it's common. Right. It's like a writer's room. Type like, no, I must say, like, nobody is an island unto themselves. Like, of course, you, like, run shit past other people because maybe they have, like, a funny idea or right. something. Now, the problem is in the age of tele teleworking, what do you call it? Remote work. Right. Uh, you can't just sit in a room and have, like, a whiteboard. You, there's a paper trail or a digital paper trail for everything. <laughs> People be taking screenshots of everything. Yeah. Look, I was, I was told once at a place of employment, the first time I ever worked for a place that had Slack, <laughs> rule number one was think about Slack as though you're we're tweeting it to each other. Because Meaning, it will get tweeted out one well, day. Well, that's the thing. They said <laughs> at any given time, somebody can just decide that they hate us and you know, yep. angrily quit with all slack logs and stuff. Don't say anything in here. You wouldn't tweet. You want to tell me something that you're afraid somebody might like use against you? Fucking wa you know, give me a call like, me on call, the phone. Use the phone yes. like a phone. You don't call me on my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Drake. <laughs> um, but uh, so like. Yeah, no crime, but it's not even criming exactly because it because the, it wasn't a crime to do that. But when when uh, when uh, when when a damaging thing comes out, the immediate reaction is to panic and to say the most protective thing possible because in that moment you don't know Semaphore has access to your fucking Slack, mm -hmm. and they probably didn't at that moment, and they have it later. And once again, brainstorming groups meaning means. A lot of eyes on a thing. A lot of people, you don't know who's looking at it. You don't know who they're showing it to, right? You don't know who's letting their friend look at something. Mm -hmm. Once again, I know things. I'm not going to say anything in this instance, but I know things. I got a lot of pr friends who are journalists. I got a lot of friends who are 
in a posi- in positions or have been in the past in positions where you know journalists might want them for stories or something mm-hmm. like that the way information might be passed in very low key ways again the most easy easy this isn't a secret i'm telling anybody but yeah ma- imagine that you're on some kind of private group somewhere and you literally just show it to someone you, you just show your phone screen to a reporter you meet a reporter at a cafe and you let them scroll through this chat group you don't let them take any screenshots you let them write something you know like transcribe mm-hmm. it into their laptop or something like that and that's it they'll say you know when the washington post says something like uh according to messages shown to the washington post that's right. literally what that's it is literally what it's somebody meeting a reporter and showing him their yeah. phone and saying here read this here look you see the fr- from read the the sender email address so you see it's legit but that's why they say shown to they it, you know they didn't verify it more so than seeing being shown the thing right just remember like none of your private chats are private somebody is taking screen grabs which uh, somebody probably should have told that to pedro gonzalez back when he was trying to like fit in with all of his anti-semitic friends whoa but yeah like especially especially when you're in a crowd like that where like Everybody is like a pit viper. Like everybody is taking screenshots. Nothing you say is private. Do not ever delude yourself. <laughs> the problem is also that uh, uh, the like ship jumpers, people who are big mm-hmm. Trump guys to become big DeSantis people is a very valuable commodity. And so maybe do you vet them super close? Eh. Because I mean, I wouldn't put it past Pedro Gonzalez to have just stayed like a big Trump guy and hate DeSantis or whatever if DeSantis did give him money. Right. Um, so it's... Uh, it's uh, just watch your back out there. <laughs> Nothing you say is private. So yeah, anyway, we, I mean, we don't... We don't... We, we're heading... Once again, I said... To, I, I offered a deal to Satan today. And that deal was just give me the superconductor... And I'll take another Trump versus Biden. Fucking whatever. <laughs> fine. I'll stop. I mean, I stop getting mad about it. Well, one of them will probably die on the campaign trail. It's, it's, I mean, come on. They're that, old. One of them's going to keel over. Like, I'm just, you know what? I'm just, it's really weird. Like, it, we just got burned, right? The RBG dying was a big like should have been a big wake up call about the the political uh fallout of like old people that just won't go away yeah and i already by the way like, i'm fuck al- off and retire already yeah Damn. i'm already hearing this from republic i saw republicans start to say this about alito and uh robert uh, about alito and uh uh thomas mm-hmm. Like if a Republican wins in 2024, Alito and Thomas should consider retiring because otherwise, think about eight right. years after that, what's going to happen, right? There's going to – it's going to start happening. I Stephen – like Breyer def, – def, there was like definitely huge, huge pressure on Breyer to retire because they were like, you're not going to pull another – Right. Another Ginsburg on us. This is this was this. It was a disaster for Democrats that uh, like just like just 
retire. Like that was, everybody was always so like sad. About, oh, I can't believe she died. Like she could have retired when Obama was president. <laughs> like this is this is a completely self made problem. Yeah. Like you you could have just cashed in your chips and retired. But no, you wanted to die on the bench because you're fucking clinging to this nonsense instead of just like retiring and sleeping in every day and just enjoying the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah, Doug Burgum, uh, Super 7, you think Doug Burgum? I actually think that in a scenario like that, in a scenario in which Trump dies and DeSantis fades, I think maybe Tim Scott could be the the Republican nominee. I mean, this is another pro- – this is a problem in both parties, but like the benches are very shallow. Well, no, you not- know what? Here's the thing though. If Trump – let's – again, I do not wish death on anyone, no. period. Full stop, right? I don't wish death on anyone. But tr- like, but this isn't a but even when Trump dies, because eventually I mean, he will. Yeah, right? he will die. Like the <laughs> yes. only person that's not going to die is Henry Kissinger. Yeah, like the rest of us are going to die. Henry Speaking Trump of people who made deals with with Satan, <laughs> that, that's that's he's he's never going to die. Apparently, Lee Schreiber plays him really well in the new Golda Meir movie oh. that's coming out. Yeah, with uh, Helen Mirren playing Golda Meir. Uh, she was going to do an interview, I think, on like uh, the tab- one of Tablet's podcasts, but she can't because of the SAG after a strike. Uh, she can't even do – oh, yeah, she can't promote. Right, correct. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah, interesting. But, uh, but Trump is – honestly, like with him gone, like it, it, he, it would make it easier for other Republicans to like stop seeming so like cowardly and – uh, weirdly, uh, on the other hand, he might become like a huge like martyr. <laughs> he might become uh, he one might, of those like untouchable. How like, dare may, you speak? He may be unfortunately like the new Reagan, where it's like you just got like forty years of people just like worshiping Trump and be like, we need another Trump. The same way we did with like Reagan. Like oh, I miss, I miss Ronnie. Yeah, I miss the old Gipper. People Rem- are gonna be like, I miss Donnie. Remember Kofefi. Man, remember hamburgers. <laughs> remember, uh, I love Hispanics. Remember, remember Yeti pubes. <laughs> remember spilling the salt with uh, Shinzo Abe. Mm. <laughs> remember the koi pond, man. That was, those was that was some times, man. He just he dumped that whole box of salt right into that koi pond. Rem- remember the uh, remember the uh, the being told about RBG's death. With tiny dancer in the background, <laughs> you know, it come come to find out that like that whole thing, like he lied in that moment, like he knew. Oh, he knew that 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 wasn't like the first time he heard it. Of course, that like he he knew, and he just like kind of like played it off like that. What a what a what a <laughs> what an amazingly Trump thing to do. See, this man fucking lies about everything. Like I. He, I mean, like, like in a situation like that where there was no point in even lying, he could just been like, "Oh yeah, man, I heard that before I went on the stage. Wow, wow, yeah, what a what an icon, man." Yeah. Oof. Uh, Super Seven. I think Stephen Amell was really dumb to say what he said. Forget for a second if you if you agree with him or not. If you're an actor and your reaction to a SAG after strike is to be like, "Strikes are bad. It's dumb. Don't do that." You're like you're just asking for fucking trouble, <laughs> man. And I will say this. I think that uh, the one of the uh, main reasons that I think people misread this and should probably tend to be more on the side of SAG-AFTRA than maybe they are is that the face of the strike happens to be like big celebrities and stuff. But the people who really suffer 
from from like uh from from stuff that like SAG can help them with are like work a day like people who do small time shit and like you know live paycheck to paycheck and can get legitimately fucked out of money that would abs- absolutely help them and and that's and you know they're dealing with a bunch of scum it's not small businesses you know what i mean you're not talking about a public sector union or and you're not talking about a union that's harming like i said a some kind of small business owner who literally can't afford to meet the, the it's like scummy billionaire studios it's like it's fine you can be a little more sympathetic even though a lot of writers are like woke and shit it's the it really is there is really is a lot of dystopian stuff that uh big studios want to do to like deny people of money that they really should get you know for for work that they really did put in right i feel like this strike and opposed to like the last one i feel like the points that they're making this time around are a bit more valid and in 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 defense of especially because i mean it started with the writers so in defense of the writers in defense of the actors this is the industry has changed so much over the past 20 years that it's like it's it's very hard for like contract law to keep up because it's like okay you you contract to make a show under these circumstances and like five years later the industry is completely changed mm-hmm. and your contract doesn't cover like how this show is being distributed now. So now you don't get paid for it. So like, I, I can understand. Yeah, that 